No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where David cries out to God from the pit, and God delivers him. God preserves his saints with loving kindness and truth. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. We come to a psalm today that gives great encouragement to God's people and points to Jesus Christ. Psalm 40 was written by David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Is there anyone who enjoys patiently waiting for anything? Our family thought one of the greatest inventions ever was the fast pass at Disneyland. Most people don't like waiting in lines. I am always assessing the length of the lines at Costco and the efficiency of the checkers so as to not waste time. But when it comes to our relationship with God and His work in our lives, we must learn to wait patiently. God often takes longer to answer our prayers than we would like, but in the process, He develops the virtue of patience in us, and as it has been said, a virtue cannot hurt you. The beautiful promise is that if we ask anything according to his will, then he hears us and he will answer us in his time and in his way. But we must wait for it. Now, the Lord delivered David out of the miry clay. I picture mud that you sink deeply into and it sticks to your boot and you can't get any traction. A horrible pit would be even worse for if you fell into it, you'd probably fear for your life. But God delivered David and set his feet upon a rock. That is what he does for us when we cry out to him. He sets our feet on the rock of Jesus Christ. He moves us from the pit to the place of safety. Furthermore, the Lord established David's steps. Now there's great joy in knowing that God is going before you, establishing your steps, making them straight, for if he is directing you, then he will bless and protect you and bring forth good fruit from your efforts. This answered prayer brought a new song to David's mouth. This was the way David offered spontaneous praise to the Lord. This should be the way it is with us as well. The greatest form of worship is never by ritual, but by spontaneous breaking forth of praise from a glad and grateful heart for what God has done for us. David recognized that this was a powerful way for him to glorify God. When others heard the Psalms that he composed, they too would offer praises to God. Now think of how many hymns and worship songs we sing today that are based on David's Psalms. His praise is still blessing others and helping them to trust in the Lord. I must share with you a story. Pastor Rod Enos and I have worked together with others on the prayer team for the Greg Laurie 
Boise Harvest. As COVID put the crusade on pause, we continued meeting with people on Zoom, praying for the Boise Harvest and the people who will come to know Jesus Christ through it. But we noticed that the attendance was waning. We thought that perhaps if we could get people together outdoors, then it would spark renewed interest in prayer for this upcoming event. During a monthly prayer meeting that we have at our church called The Encounter, the Lord spoke to my heart to do a night of worship uniting churches in the Treasure Valley as a means to come out of the dark cloud of COVID and encourage the body of Christ. Friday night, we did this at Indian Creek Plaza in Caldwell. Our worship team consisted of many worship leaders and musicians from the Treasure Valley, and we had a number of local speakers. The venue told us that we would have to cap the attendance at 650. Well, we reached that within 15 minutes of the first downbeat. People who couldn't enter the enclosed area were lined up along the street and around the perimeter of the plaza. It was an amazing time of spontaneous worship and encouragement and corporate belief in the Lord to deliver us from this pandemic and from all our fears. Most importantly, the name of Jesus was exalted, and it's our hope and prayer that many will trust in the Lord as a result. Verse 4, Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. I think it's interesting how many banks have the word trust in their name. That reflects people's desire for security, especially where their money is concerned. But if we trust in banks, stocks, or bonds, then we can be disappointed because markets rise and fall and banks can go under. But the person who makes the Lord his trust is truly blessed. Why? Because his security, protection, and provision is eternal. As David pondered God's wonderful works and his mercies toward him, he was amazed. How many are the thoughts of God concerning us? The Lord thought of us before we knew him. He designed circumstances to bring us to Christ. He is concerned about our welfare, for he cares for us. He is working our sanctification in us. That is, he is working in us to will and to do according to his good purpose. He considers our calling and future in this life, and then he has prepared a place for us where we can dwell with him for eternity. How many are his thoughts toward us? David says they are innumerable. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. Now, this passage is interesting in light of God's commandments for the Hebrew bondservant and for the ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. First, there was the law of the Hebrew servant who decided he wanted to remain a servant for life rather than being released in the seventh year. 
We're told about this in Exodus 21.5. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost, and the master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. The ear of the servant would be opened with an awl, signifying that he was now a willing servant of his master for life. It is likely that David was referring, at least in part, to this practice. But the main point David is making is that God does not desire ritualistic worship. Rather, he wants our ears to be open to his voice and to do what he says. When our ears are open to hear his voice, then his law is written on our hearts, and we will delight in doing his will. That brings peace, prosperity, and enjoyment of God. Now, the author of Hebrews quotes this passage as referring to Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.5 says, Therefore, when he, Christ, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. The author of Hebrews quotes from the Greek translation of this psalm, known as the Septuagint. There the phrase, my ears you have opened, is translated, a body you have prepared for me. Now that's a curious translation, but it makes sense when it is applied to Christ. For he offered his body to God as a bondservant. His ear was opened to hear God's voice. And in the volume of the book, it is written of him. The entire Bible points to Jesus Christ. Amazing. Verse 9. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. You know, I can think of no easier witness to give than to talk about how good God is and what he's done for us, how he's personally worked in my life so many times to answer prayer, how he saved me from my sins. And David says, I'm going to declare the good news of his righteousness in the great assembly. You know, the greatest news of all is that God's perfect righteousness is given to us as a gift. That is, we are declared righteous in his name when we believe in Jesus Christ. And he doesn't hold our sins against us anymore. And that truly is good news, and people need to hear it. Verse 11, do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Now, David was depending upon the Lord's 
tender mercies to preserve him in spite of the fact that he knew that he was a sinner. I think David had a very sensitive conscience here to his own sins. He knew about the innumerable evils that were surrounding him. But through it all, he looked to the Lord to be the one to deliver him. And and we need to understand that God is our deliverer in spite of our own sins. We are preserved by God's grace. He loves to deliver the people who trust in him and call upon his name. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. Obviously, that was a derogatory term. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Now, you know, we can either magnify our problems by just focusing on them, or we can magnify the Lord by focusing on him. And we realize that our problems are puny in comparison to the greatness of our God. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer, do not delay, O my God. I think when we realize that we are poor and needy, but we look to God whose riches are more than adequate to supply our every need, that's just a good place to be, and it throws us into that complete dependency upon God, the one who preserves his saints, those who call upon his name. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where David writes about the blessings that come to those who remember the poor. He also grieves over his enemies and his own friend who betrays him, but he finds hope in God's mercy. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible